Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hallelujah! So that video is a repeat. Some of you may have seen it before, but you know, we always want you to see Niger so you get the context of our ministry. So like Danette said, God is doing some incredible things in Niger. Um, one of the, the things that she mentioned, us not being able to get out of the city is really frustrating to us, but yet with the new strategies, God is still uh, growing the church, expanding it. But one of the things I would like to just share of what I'm seeing God do in Niger is, as we've not been able to get out to villages, I've started ministering more within the city, not only in our Via Abundant churches, our ministry, but uh, I've started speaking in some other churches in the city. I'm being invited. And I'm so amazed that it's not even just our ministry that God is moving. I'm going into the Assemblies of God churches. I'm going into other uh, V Nouvelle and different independent churches. And God is moving throughout Niger. I mean, what I was telling Pastor Scott yesterday is that there's not just a Muslim culture in Niger now. Even in the capital city, we're seeing a Christian culture emerging because Christianity is spreading. And I'm going to have problems with this again. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Want to honor you. My message isn't going to be on Father's Day, but I did want to honor you and, and just, uh, we're all fathers, right? Especially those of us that have children. But <laughs> if you didn't get my book, although Pastor Scott and the, the church bought books for everybody that I wrote last year during 2020, it's a great book for Father's Day. So if you didn't happen to be in the, the deal, you know, I have two. That's all I got here. But you can get one of them. But I did want to say this because I know that Pastor Scott got you all the books. How many read it? Raise your hands. Few hands. Okay. All right. You know, I'm amazed how many of these books have gone out. And then when I ask people, did you read it? Well, it's sitting on my shelf. It's just right about to be read. Come on and read the book. And then after you read the book, even though you didn't buy it on Amazon, you can go out to Amazon and you can leave a review if you do anything on Amazon. So leave me a review, a good review. I only want five stars. So go on out there and write a review. And if you haven't got one of the books, you can actually grab this. Thanks. Um, I got two copies. All right. Well, hallelujah. Like I said, great Father's Day thing. Okay, Danette's mouthing the word Toby to me. She talked about trey and his kids and tanika and hers but we also have a third son by the way and he's uh i think did somebody mention i, I don't talk to so many people today he's on his way to alaska um he's just finished his second year at oru he's on his way to alaska he's gonna be working for six weeks there it's an opportunity he's packing fish and gonna make some money so that's what toby's doing and toby's been here too uh sitting in the office somebody came in and said hey welcome home and i sh she may have meant welcome back to the united states but it really resonated with me. Welcome home. I feel like Living Word Church, it's a home. Living Word Family Church. I feel like I'm part of the family. And so I just want to say thank you for being my family. And we are so honored to be part of this home, this church here, and to be doing the work in Niger. We're an extension, reaching the unreached of this ministry. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your generous giving that you've done over the years. And we are just truly honored to be a part of this ministry. All right, hallelujah, you got your Bibles? I think I covered everything I was wanting to before I got into the... I told Pastor Scott, I've never preached this word in America before, so I don't know how it's going to come out. 
So most of the times I preach this with an interpreter. So if every once in a while I just pause and there's a moment of silence, it's because that's what the rhythm I'm used to. All right. Exodus chapter 3. We see Moses here um, standing at, at, in front of the burning bush and God speaking to him. And I'm going to pick up reading in verse 9. Exodus 3 verse 9. It says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of bondage. Imagine this word that Moses is hearing in this miraculous setting of the burning bush and God speaks to him from out of this bush and says, I have heard the cry of the Israel people, my people, that they've been in bondage and suffering and slavery. I've heard their cry. Now, Moses, I'm sending you to go and bring them out of bondage. What a moment, what a word. I mean, this is the moment that, I mean, this is the reason Moses was, was driven out of Egypt. I mean, because of the, the, the plight of the Israel people in this situation. And what does Moses respond with? And it says in verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? My message is, who are you? We've got to know who we are. If we're going to do what God called us to do. Moses had just been given this incredible assignment from God to go and deliver the Israelites out of the bondage. And yet his first reaction isn't, praise God, you've heard our cry. This is awesome. Yes. He says, who am I? So many times we allow the uncertainties or the, the, the feelings of inadequacy or intimidations that come out of not knowing who we are to stop us from doing what God called us to do. If we're going to fulfill the assignment of God upon our life, if we're going to fulfill the great commission that has been given to us, the church, we have to have a revelation of who we are. We can't do what God called us to do until we know who God called us to, make, to be. God created us, and he gave us a purpose. We've been traveling around the world quite a bit in the last few years. I mean, before 2020, that is. And we've been traveling, and it's amazing. Every country we've been to now, I'm sort of in a competition with my son. I'm now at 39 countries. We're going to Burundi uh, in a couple months. That'll be my 40th country. I mean, it's kind of like a lamb. Bam, I'm going to hit 40, but my son's already at 45. And if you read the book, you, you, you heard that whole thing. But not a competition, but as we travel around, Everywhere I go and every place we show up, get off out of the airplane and, and we walk in, before they let us into the country, we've got to prove who we are. We've got to show our identity. You see, identity is important because your identity, it, it carries your, a bit of, of who you are. It carries your value. It carries a little bit of your worth. It, it, it's what people see. It's, how you, it's not only how the world sees you, but it's also how you see yourself. Your identity is so important. And you can't get into countries unless all over the world. Your identity is important until it comes to voting for the American president, but that's another story. But, <laughs> but identity is so important, you've got to show who you are. Now, some of y'all know that I grew up in Nigeria, and uh, I was growing up in Nigeria and learning the culture. I, I was basically a Nigerian. And one of the things we did as kids in Nigeria, if we really wanted to, like, insult somebody or you wanted to kind of diss them or it was kind of like a popular way of just like reducing somebody is you would say to them who are you if you don't understand the accent that's who are you <laughs> who are you but in, 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 in the nigerian accent it's who are you 
You want to bring somebody down, you look at them and say, who are you? And that just, in that culture, man, you have just brought them down. All right, just try that. Just say, turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Who are you? But you know what? That question of who we are is so important because who you are affects kind of how people see you. It, it sort of somewhat speaks to your value and, and who you are and your identity. And when you don't have a revelation of who you are, you will not see you the way God made you to be and you'll not be able to do what God called you to do. Who are you? It reminds me in Acts chapter 19. There's a story about the, so some of the Jews, they were getting into this whole thing about uh, casting out demons. They saw it being done. And so these guys are going around and they're casting out demons. And we know the story about the seven sons of of the, the Jewish priest Sceva, seven sons of Sceva, they're, um, they're going out there and they're trying this too and they're going out, you know, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I cast you out. Well, one day they came up to that and says, in the name of, of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And that demon says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Everybody say, who are you? And you know what happened? Because those guys didn't really know who they were and they were just really being hypocrites or fakers or, or trying to be somebody that they're not. Because when you don't know who God made you to be, you live a life that's not really your own. You're being somebody that's different. You don't know your identity. What happened? It says that demon inside of them rose up and it began to beat all seven of them. And it says they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. I'm telling you, there's some consequences about not knowing who you are. There's some consequences when you try to live a life that wasn't the life that Jesus created you to live. How many want to go running out of this house naked and bleeding? we got to know who we are. we got to have an identity. How did God create us to be? You live a life that wasn't the life that God created you to be. Living a life, a drama. Your life is a drama. You're, you're always on, on acting mode. Because it's not really how God created you to be. It's not who God created you to be. Don't allow the world, the, the, the suffering, the situations to be what gives you your identity. Maybe you've heard this story. Let me shift gears here. Get out of sh shouting mode a minute. Maybe you all heard the story about the chicken farmer. Yeah, that's really a shift. Chicken farmer who finds an eagle's egg on his property. Takes this egg, and in an attempt to, to, to rescue it, he puts it in with his chickens, and a mother hen sitting on her chicks puts the egg there, and eventually the chicks all hatch, and the eagle as well hatches. And this eagle grows up with these chicks, and the mother hen leading her chicks and the eagle right there with them that's all the life that the eagle knew and this eagle lives his life following the hens and learning to do things that chickens do you know if they they can't really fly high eagles fly low and there's a little bit and and they learn how to eat their the their food by pecking their head on the ground and so this eagle's living his life with these chicken and and pecking his head on the ground bah, 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 bah. that's all he knows just flying a low distance but one day as he's following along and banging his head on the ground with all the other chickens, he sees this eagle up over there and he looks up and he says to the chickens, what is that? What is that? He says, that's an eagle. They're, they're the king of the birds. That's, they're, they're, they're the birds of the air, but, but we're chickens. We're, we're birds of the ground. He's like, we're birds of the ground. But he's just looking at that. I want to be like that. I don't want to be like this. But he says, no, we're, we're birds of, of the ground. We're not birds of the air. So he continues living his life. You know, every day with the chickens. But every time he sees an eagle, it gets to the point that he's so frustrated about being a bird of the ground that he says, I've just, I, I've got I've to see if I can fly. And he climbs up on this, this hill 
off a cliff and he just decides, okay, it's, it's a do or die time. And he just throws himself off. And, and as the eagle throws himself off, his wings open up, pa, and he begins to fly. And he never goes down to being a bird of the ground again. You know, so many people, they're, they're living their life that's not really their life to live. So many people are living in a low ground, but it's not how God made them to be. They're banging their head on the ground, but that's not what God created them for. That wasn't who that eagle was. That eagle was to fly. We've got to stop being Christians that are living a life that's not our own. Let me use that hand mic. This thing's driving me nuts. Is that going to be okay? You can just turn this one off. Go to this one. Okay. We've got to live our life. We've got to live the life that God created us to be. Don't let the world around you tell you who you are. Don't let the situations that you face tell you who you are. Your identity comes from God. So many people, that they take on a suffering that they're faced, a situation that they're faced, and that becomes their identity. Don't let an offense define your life. Don't let things, situations begin to dictate who you are. Don't let other people put a label or a name on you. They can't do that without your permission. Don't be a chicken just because that's what the world you grew up in. Because I want you to know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Because in Christ Jesus, we've been born again, we've been changed, and we've been given a purpose. That's not of this earth. We were not intended to live the low life. We're not birds of the ground. I'm not even a bird. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we live a life that's, that, that is the life that God intended. That's what we've got to... We've got to understand, because identity is so important. If we're going to fulfill the call of God in our life, if we're going to fulfill the great commission, the church has to get a revelation of who they are. Matthew chapter 16. We know this passage very well. Jesus is with his disciples, and Jesus asks a question of his disciples. He says, who do men say that I am? You see, Jesus was mindful of identity, and he was also mindful of how do other people see him, and, and what is what is his identity to the others? Because your identity is not only how you see yourself, but your identity is also how other people see you. And with that identity, there's a value that's placed and an expectation that you give off. And so Jesus, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And we know this passage. They begin to give answers. Some of the disciples say, oh, some say you're Elijah, Elijah and some say you're uh, Jeremiah, or you're one of the prophets. You see, they gave all these answers. Prophets. I mean, yeah, Jesus, he was in a prophetic role or, or could be called a prophet, but Jesus was more than a prophet. You see, some of the things, they were saying that because they saw what Jesus did. What you do can point to who you are, but it doesn't tell the whole story. You see, they said things about Jesus, but they missed it. They were giving answers that were not really 100% accurate. You know, the world will say things about you by what they see, but they don't always know the whole story. Because just because you've done something doesn't have to mean that's who you are. So Jesus asked, he says to his disciples, well, who do you say that I am? And we know that. Peter, he looks at him and says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And when Jesus hears this, he says, he says, this this is not from flesh and blood. This isn't just you. This is by revelation. This is from the Spirit of, of God. I, I should read that because I'm sort of jumping around over it. Let me, let, me run, let me read that passage. Let's get it 100%. And it says, 
Who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answers, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Calls him Simon Barjona. That's, that's important there for a minute. And then he says, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father, who is in heaven. When you're going to know who you are, first you've got to know who Jesus is. And knowing who Jesus is only comes by revelation. You see, he gave an answer and Jesus told him, this is not from flesh and blood. This is my Father in heaven that revealed it to you. You see, we can only know who Jesus is by revelation. They thought they knew, people thought they knew who Jesus was by what they saw, because they saw what he was doing, but that, that didn't tell the whole story. Jesus is more than a prophet. But when Peter answered, his answer was with revelation. So it's only with a revelation. Today, people are still missing out who Jesus is because they need a revelation. They don't know who Jesus is until they see it with their eyes opened through revelation. And then when, Jesus, when Peter speaks this revelation, Jesus now says, you are Simon Barjona. He tells him his name that they all know him by. And then he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father. So it's by revelation. And then he says, and you are Peter. You see, first he says, you are Simon Barjona. And then he says, and you are Peter. Using his name that comes from Petrus that is rock. He says, upon this rock, this revelation, I'll build my church. And the gates of El shall not prevail against it. You're with me now, right? First he gets a revelation of who Jesus is, and then Jesus reveals to him who he is. You see, until we have a revelation of who Jesus is, we're never going to truly know who we are. Because a revelation of who we are, our true identity from our maker, only begins when we have a revelation of who Jesus is. And then out of the revelation, when Jesus reveals to who you are, with that a revelation of your identity comes the authority. What does he say to Peter? He says, you are Peter, and on this rock, this revelation, I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you loose on earth are loose in heaven. You see, when you have a revelation of who you are, then it begins to bring in the authority, the influence, the place that you need to fulfill all that God called you to do. The confidence. See, until Jesus really shows you who you are, you never walk in the influence, the authority, the confidence that he created you to do, to be. To be able to do what God called you to do. You can't do what God called you to do until you know who God called you to be. Come on, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I know it's, it's a bit rough because I'm just preaching this for the first time. I heard a preacher say just recently, he said we live from the inside out, not from the outside in. See, till we understand who we are on the inside. So many times people want to determine who you are by what you do. Oh, what, what do you do? Okay, a plumber, he, he fixes pipes and... And, and, and faucets and water but you know what a plumber is more than just pipes and toilets and all those things you know a, a carpenter is more than nails and hammers a, a doctor a preacher we're more than what we do because what we do only comes from who we are but see religion wants to say what do you do and that determines who you are but we got to realize it's the other way around first we got to know who we are when we're born again on the inside then from who we are on the inside begins to come out if we're going to reach the world it starts with a revelation of who we are based on what Jesus said we are. Amen. So Jesus said to Peter, you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. There was a revelation. We've got to have a revelation of who Jesus is. We are more, we are more than just what we do. Who we are on the inside, that's who we are. Our, our identity comes from our maker. Don't let anybody tell you uh, who you are just because of what you do. 
or what you've done. Don't let your past be the, 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 the limitations of your life. I know that, that your past can haunt you, but you know what? When Jesus comes, he sets you free. You are delivered, and you begin to have a revelation of who you are. Now you can step forward to fulfill all that God called you to do. I said, when you know who, who you are in Christ, you can fulfill what God called you to do. The authority begins to be released in your life when you have a revelation of who you are. We've got to know who you are. Turn to your neighbor and say in your best Nigerian accent, who are you? Who you are is not based on what you've done. God, from before the foundations of the earth, had a plan for you. You see, if who you are was only simply based on what you've done, and that determines who you are, that's a very limited view uh, of eternal destiny. Because when God created you, he had a purpose for you, it was before the foundations of the earth. That de de design that you were, that was, that the design of your life was before the beginning of time. I love it when you consider how God made us. You know, when God created everything, the heavens and the earth, the grass, the trees, the, the animals, he created it with command. We know Genesis 1, right? He said, let there be light. Boom, there was light. And let, let, let there be trees. And I don't know all the exact wording I'm paraphrasing here. And, let, and everything was released into, into existence with command by his authority. Amen? But when it came to man, it was different. He didn't just create man with, with a command of his voice. He said, let us make man. You see, we weren't just created, we were made. In fact, parts of the scriptures go to uh, the Psalms and to different places. It says we were wonderfully and fearfully made. The Bible says that we were formed from the dust with the hands of God. We were formed by God. It wasn't just over created. And then after he forms us. He created us, he made us, he formed us wonderfully and fearfully made. Then it says God breathed into us life. I mean, man, we were created completely different than the rest of the world. I mean, when you get a revelation of how God made you, then you've got to know, God who made you, he's the only one that can tell you who you are. Only God, your, your, your maker, the one who intimately breathed life into you. He's the only one that you should accept the name he wants to give you. You can choose to accept and reject any name, but only take the names that your maker gives you. When somebody wants to say, oh, you're a failure, say, I'm not a failure, I reject that. When they want to say, oh, I'm just a sinner, don't take the name of sinner because that's not the name that God gave to you. When you receive Jesus into your life, you're not a sinner. Don't say, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Don't say, I'm better than everybody either. Only God can tell you who you are. Our identity comes from him. He's our maker. He's the one who made us. And it only, he's the only one that has the right to tell us our true identity. When we're born again, something begins to take place. Now, people missed it when they saw Jesus. They missed who, who Jesus was. They thought he was a prophet but he was actually the Messiah. They thought he was just a good man, but he was the son of the living God. People will miss it about you, and they're going to say things about you only by their limited understanding. Don't allow their limited understanding to limit you. Because when you receive those words that come from people, it will do nothing but limit your own, your own ability to go forward. Do not accept. Do reject. Reject names that come from the world. Reject names that come 
any label that they want to put on you because of maybe something you've done in the past, maybe some way they see you. It may not even be right. It could even be a misunderstanding. It could be an offense. But they'll try to place you into a position. That's your label. Bam. And if you're not careful, you'll receive that and it'll limit your life from ever doing what God called you to do. Reject any name that doesn't come from your maker. We had one guy that got saved. He's now a pastor. His name's Samuel, Pastor Samuel. When he got saved, his name in Gormanche was Nachimo. And Nachimo is, a, is actually a popular name, surprisingly. There's quite a few Gormanche called Nachimo. But when he came to Christ, he realized, I don't want my name to be Nachimo. I want my name to be Samuel. He saw Samuel in the Bible. He says, I want my name to be Samuel. I said, okay, well, what, what does Nachimo mean? He says, well, it, it means slave. Why in the world do the Gormanji have a common name among them as slave? So he changed his name. You can choose the name you want to take. There's another lady in the Marathi years ago. Her name was Maderi, which in Hausa is, is the, the person of the night. And it doesn't mean that. <laughs> but it, mean, it just means dark. It means darkness, the person of the darkness. And when she came to Christ, she says, I can't have that name. So she changed her name to Mehaske. That's the owner of light. You see, you can choose the name. And whatever name that has been put on you, that's not who you are. You're who you are is only who God intended you to be. And you've got to make a decision to reject any name that's given that doesn't line up with the name that God made you to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Well, how can we know who we are? How can we make sure that we're not going to end up running out of the house naked and bleeding? We have to have a revelation of who we are. How do we get that revelation? It comes because it comes by revelation. Just like Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was, and then Jesus revealed to Peter who Peter was, our, who we, our true identity only comes by a revelation. That's how we can know what God. How do we get that revelation? It comes from the Word. And out of, that, out of God's word, we get into the word and we begin to find out who we are. I want us to go to Luke chapter 4. Here we see Jesus. He goes to his hometown. It says in verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed unto him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Everybody say, he found the place. I love that statement. He found the place. You know, it wasn't just a random scripture that he was reading. He, when he took the book of Isaiah that was handed to him, he intentionally went and found the place. And then he began to read. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed, to proclaim the... the, the uh, the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He found the place in the scriptures. He found the very place that spoke to who he was. And when he knew who he was, I am the anointed one. I have been anointed then from who he was, what he was to do. We're never going to be able to do what God called us to do until first we have a revelation of who we are. And we never get a revelation of who we are until we find it by revelation from God. 
How do we get a revelation of who we are? We got to get in the scriptures. Man, when you come into church and, and Pastor Scott has given you the exegesis of the scriptures and he's going through the word, not topical messages like this old missionary, but he's like breaking it. He told me yesterday, I don't like topical messages. So I said, well, I got a topical message. That's how. <laughs> but man, when he's giving you the line upon line and the, the, the precept upon precept and he's laying out for you, man, what's that doing? That's, that's beginning to bring revelation. That's bringing the word out and it's beginning to put on the inside of you a revelation of who you are but you know what it doesn't just come in the church and with a pastor you've got to find the place you've got to get into the scriptures and you've got to not only through the scripture you got to tune in your spirit and let God tell you who you are and when you get a revelation from God who you are then you'll be able to do what God called you to do I'll be honest with you I don't think most of the church is really doing what God called them to do we get caught up in, 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 in stupid stuff we're getting caught up in doing, uh, wasting a lot of time in things that don't really matter. Because I want you to know there's still a world that needs us, the church, to bring the message of salvation, the good news of Jesus around the world. And until we wake up and get a revelation of who we are, and we walk into our true identity that comes only by revelation from the word, we're never going to fulfill this great commission. We've got to find the place. Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Now I'll give you another phrase. Find the place. <laughs> Find the place. Find it in the word. Let God speak to you. I don't know where, where I'm doing on time, but I'm going to give you three things that are just the basics, and I'm sure a church like this knows these so well, but just three basic things about who we are. I mean, they, these are truly the funda foundational things. I mean, these are... Nothing heavy here, but, but it's good for us all to be on the same page, right? Who are we? The, the first thing you need to know is that you're not a victim. In Christ, you're not a victim. You're victorious. 1 John 5, 4, it says, it says, for everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. Everybody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he? Everybody say, who are you? Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, once you've got a revelation of who Jesus is, then you get a revelation of who you are. You're an overcomer. So we don't walk around with the names that the world wants to give us. We don't see ourselves as victims. We're victorious. We're overcomers. So that's the first thing. Don't ever buy into the lies of this world. Oh, man. This is just a tough time. The economy, we're never going to make it, you know. Or, man, uh, you know, the cancer's on the rise. COVID's going to wipe us out, you know. And don't be a victim of what the world system is dictating. You don't have to be sick. Just reject that name. I'm not sick. I'm healed. Those are just names. You can choose the name you want. When God gives you your name, it's always better. It takes you from being Abram to Abraham. From just a father to a father of many. Or he changes your name from Jacob to Israel. From deceiver, amen, to the people of God. Amen. How many are blessed? Overcomers. You get that down on the inside of you, you begin to, I am an overcomer. That's who I am. When you walk around with the revelation of the identity of being an overcomer, there's none of these things that are going to affect you. I'm an overcomer. Yes, I'm uh, by definition an overcomer. There are some things you're going to face. But you're an overcomer. Everything that takes place, you're victorious. Everybody say, I am an overcomer. 
The second thing that we see that is a foundational to who we are, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, no, I'm sorry, John chapter 1, not 1 John. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. I love the King James on that, to be called the sons of God. Do those who believe on Jesus have the right to be called the sons of God? Everybody say, I'm a child of God. It's who you are. I'm a child of God. To those who believe in his name, verse 13, who were born, not of blood, nor of the flesh, but, nor of the will of man, but of God. When you're born again, and you're born of God, it's only those who are born of God because they believed on Jesus, that they are no longer, they're no longer just creation. Those are the ones that have the right to be called. Now, I know that we all say, oh, we're all the children of God. In the world, we're all the children of God because we were created. We're all the children of God. And this is, when you're with the Muslims, they all say that. Oh, Christians, Muslims, we're all the children of God. Well, we were all created by God. But Scripture tells us, we, the Christians who believe on Jesus, only we, only we are the ones. (laughs) Who are you? I'm a child of God. And only the children of God, those who believe on Jesus, have the right to be called the children of God, and only the children of God to get the inheritance. You've got to know who you are. I'm an overcomer, and I'm a child of God. Not just, not just like everybody else, but you've been created, then born again, and the purpose that was intended before the foundations of the earth when you're born again is released that, that is your new, that is your identity. It's new to you, but it was from the foundations of the earth. And that begins to be released in you. You're an overcomer, and you're a child of God. The third one, we all, you hear this again and again, we're all sinners. We're all just sinners. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. As far as, it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So many people are walking around, even Christians, even people that have been born again, people that are in church, people that are faithful, devoted, but because they don't have a revelation of their identity, they're walking around saying they're sinners. And they walk around with a sin consciousness. We're just sinners saved by grace. Well, if you were saved by grace, you're no longer a sinner. Your identity changed. You're not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Find the place in the scriptures. You are an overcomer. You're a child of God. And you are the righteousness of God. I reject the name sinner. I may sin. Scripture says I will. I may sin, but it doesn't. What I do doesn't make me who I am. Who I am makes me do what I do. And because I'm born again, because I have my identity in Jesus, I will fulfill the Great Commission. I will do the assignment God had for my life. You see, what we do comes out of who we are. Your being precedes doing. But you know, the religious mindset wants to turn it upside down and says, what you do says who you are. But that's not what the Bible says. Who you are determines what you do. That's why people that were born and live in church but never really were born again, they live a life of sin and they say, well, we're all sinners. Well, maybe you're continuing to live a life of sin because you were never really born again. 
come to Christ, repent, get born again, and then the grace of God is released that you don't have to sin. You will sin. You might sin from time to time, but it's not who you are. Amen. Everybody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So here we see Moses. He's standing in front of the burning bush, and God gives him this incredible assignment to go and release the, the, his people out of bondage. And Moses says, who am I? I pray that if we are ever get, when, we're, when we are given our assignment and we get a revelation of our assignment, we will not stumble over inadequacies, uh, intimidations, uncertainties with a mindset of who am I. But we need to have a revelation of who we are. Well, you know what God did? He showed him who he was. He began to right there, begin to show him who he was. He showed him the miracle power that God had uh, released into his life. He said, put your hand in your shirt, pull it out, leprosy does back, it's now clean, throw your rod down. I mean, God began to reveal to Moses not only who Moses was, first who God was, I am that I am, he told him, revealed who God was, and then God can reveal to Moses who he is. And then he was able to go and fulfill the call of God on his life. We need a revelation of who we are. When we get a revelation of our identity, we begin to flow in the authority that God had for us. He says, you are Peter. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. He gives you the name, overcomer, victorious, child of God, the righteousness of God. Because you know, with, with a name, a name carries authority. And until you really know your name, you don't even know your authority. People are walking around, who am I? Man, if anybody tries to reduce you and says, who are you? You tell them who you are. I am an overcomer. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a miracle waiting to happen. Amen? Because out of a revelation of your identity of who you are flows authority. The keys of the kingdom. I'll close with a, this story just coming to my mind, but of the revelation of, of Jesus and his authority. You know, when we say that authority is released in a name, do you know Jesus gave us his name? He said, I give you the name of Jesus. So that's why we go out and we preach the gospel and we lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. Because that name carries authority. Well, my pastor, Pastor Caldwell, in this story, I don't know if it's totally related, but it just keeps popping into my head. Because I, I, I think it deals with authority. They ask him, they asked my pastor Caldwell back in the 70s, getting ready to start a Godly church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And that's where we were sent out of back in 97. We first went for our scouting trip. And Pastor Caldwell, when he started Agape in, in the 70s, um, he had not gone to Bible school. He got saved. He was, had been a, a liquor salesman and he got saved. And when he got saved, he really got saved and he immediately felt the call of God on his life. And and God said, I want you to, to go to Bible school, but not to any particular Bible school. He did Bible school in his house. And so for one year, Pastor Caldwell just studied in his house. He bought all the books that he was advised to buy. I think he went into uh, E.W. Kenyon big time and got into a bunch of... And he spent a year in his closet. I mean, he called it his closet, but I think it was his bedroom. And he studied for a year. And after a year of studying on his own, I mean, God graduated him. You're graduating him. And he went to start a church. And, and the story just speeded up. Agape Church took off. It was an incredible um, testimony. Within just a few years, he was running about 1,000. 
um, back in the 80s, early 80s. And some of the people that had been in church for years and years around the area and their churches had not really grown, they came to Pastor Caldwell. They know he had not been to any Bible school and here this church pops up. So they came to ask him, he says uh, to, to Pastor Caldwell, who gave you authority to start this church? And so Pastor Caldwell says, Jesus. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. What man gave you authority to start this church? And he says, Jesus. No, 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 you don't understand. Caldwell. What man that is alive today gave you authority to start this church? And what did Pastor Caldwell say? Jesus! Because that name carries authority. The yes, same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you, his name has authority today. When you have a revelation of who Jesus is, you'll have a revelation of who you are, and you will walk in that authority. Amen. I'm going to stop right here. Pastor? All right. Pastor's saying that I should go ahead and just reach out. If you're here today, maybe you don't know who you are. Maybe I've triggered something. I mean, I know I'm in a church that is well-grounded. But maybe somebody's here today, and I've touched something uh, about your, your identity. And maybe you've allowed certain thoughts into your, um, into your mind, into your, into, into your heart, that is not really words of identity that come from your master, come from your maker. But maybe the world has tried to pressure you and put some, some things on you, and you don't agree with it. And today you want to reject that, and you want to say, sickness is not my name, intimidation is not my name. If there's something, if there's anybody like, I want us all just stand up. Let's stand on our feet. And I want us to look into our hearts and let's say, God, I want to be who you call me to be. I want to have a revelation of, of, of who I am that I can do what you call me to do. If you're here today and, and you're in that place where you're like, God, who am I? God, show me who I am and what I am to do. Maybe you don't truly know what is the purpose of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to reach out to God and just say, God, I need a revelation of who I am. God, I want you to imprint your image into my life of who you have designed me to be. And you will need a revelation of who that is. I want you to, I, I want to give you an opportunity. Just, just begin to, to raise, up, raise up two hands and just cry out to God and say, God, I want to know who I am. If, that's here, if you're here like that and you just want a revelation of who you are, all right, just lift up your hands and say, I want to know, God, who I am. And, I, I, and maybe there have been words that have been spoken over your life. Right now you want to reject them. I want you, I want you to have this opportunity right now to just reject them. You can, right from your seat, you can begin to say, I reject Every word that this world has spoken over me that is not right. Maybe there's been family members that have tried to pigeonhole you into who you are. And you're saying today that's not who I am. And maybe you've even seen some of those things that you've done that has given them reason to say that about you. Right now, today, you can say that's not me and I'm not going to continue in those things. And you want the image of your maker to be imprinted on the inside of you. Reach out and receive it right now. Just reach out, both hands up to heaven and say, God, give me a revelation today. I need to know who I am. I need to know what you created me to be. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that right now your image begins to fall down into, into the hearts of each person that's reaching out and calling out for a revelation. God, we thank you for an identity that comes from you, God. We thank you, Lord God, that we will know who we are. And we will not be bound up in religious thinking. We will not be the victims. We will not be given a name that does not apply to who we are. But God, we only receive those words that you have spoken over our life. God, we only take the names that you have given to us. 
Father, I thank you that we are overcomers, God. And as we today we reach out, God, we say, Lord, God, give me a revelation today. Show me who you've created me to be, God, so that I can fulfill what you've called me to do. Thank you, Father. If you're here and as I've been praying, that's been stirring in your heart. I want you to know if you reach out right from where you're at, we don't need to do some kind of performance show and for you to come up, but right where you're at, see, God can download to you right where you're at an impression, a revelation, an identity that begins to stir you into a new level of confidence, a new level of authority. You're getting to experience influence that you never had before, but you have to receive it. You have to receive it. Don't say, okay, I'm going to study this out and yeah, God will do, no, right now, just receive it. Father, I pray right now for them, God. You know those that have the hearts that are reaching out. God, that you want your identity to be exploding in their heart right now. Thank you, Father, for the authority of your name. Right now, I speak blessing over them in that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I speak blessing over Living Word Family Church, God. I speak blessing over Pastor Scott and and Beth, Lord God, and their family, God. For, for, for Rainey and for Riley, God, I speak blessing over them. I thank you for the leadership staff, God. I thank you for, for the, the devoted people that have been in this church that have, been, that, that have been identified as the people of Living Word Church, believers, overcomers, God. Lord God, I pray that they will begin to walk at a new level of authority, a new level of influence in their community, God. I pray, God, that their testimony will reach farther than ever before, God. That we are not satisfied with our history, but we're moving forward to all that you have in our front, God. Lord, we thank you. And we say it in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Who are you? I'm an overcomer. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.